Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Denise, it's Monday again. It is indeed. <laughs> How are you? How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend's good, thanks. My my weekend's been good, yeah. Long weekend. Yeah. Mine too. Hideously hot. 88, which doesn't sound so bad when you compare it to some of the temperatures we've had, but the humidity was phenomenal. Oh. So it was... I didn't, I didn't do a lot. I went to a, a wonderful antique fair and oh. went around once. Usually I would be there wandering for ages and I go, no, no. Can't do it. Going home. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm gonna push it. <laughs> it was but. 21 degrees away. What's that in old money? About 70. About 75 mm-hmm. at night. Yeah. So just just nice, just pleasant. Especially for me yeah. in the north of England. You know, we're not used to the do same temperatures. Find, do you find the sun improves your mood? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I I I um I the the seasons affect me. I suffer with sad, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Um if the sky's blue and you look up and you see a blue sky, you immediately feel better. I always do, always do. Mm-hmm. And a grey sky can really bring me down. I don't necessarily feel down when it's greyer. I find mm. it harder to get up in the morning. It's now we're with the daylight used was going oh. getting light at three o'clock in the morning over here at some point, but now it's closer to six. Mm. When it's dark after six, I find it harder to get get going in the morning mm. but if i look out my window and there's blue sky i can get so much more done that day yeah yeah i'm the same i don't I... really think of myself as being depressed when it's not but being mm. you know really happy when it is sunny mm. yeah yeah if, if i wake up in the morning and the sky's blue immediately i feel good um mm-hmm. i mean I, I have a routine in the morning i wake up make my first cup of coffee give the cat her water because she likes drinking water out of a running tap um that, that's my morning routine. And if I look out the kitchen window as I'm doing that and the sky's blue, I just immediately feel great. And it's like, what am I going to do today? Yeah. yeah. And that, that sounds like a very weird segue. But <laughs> but actually, I think we were, I think we said we were going to talk about routines and rituals and the importance of those. Uh, or am I misremembering? I, I can't remember, but it sounds like a good subject to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, uh, what would you be, what would, when you see a new client, do you mm. talk to them about what their rituals are, what their, what their routines are, that are depending um, of course, on why you're seeing them? Yeah, I, I, I do tend to talk a lot about um, repetition, how the brain likes repetition because it makes it mm-hmm. feel safe. Um, yeah, we may explore routines. It, as I say, it depends what the client is coming to see me for. Um, but mm-hmm. it, I, I do go a long way to explain about repetition and how it works, um, how the brain likes it, how it makes it feel safe. And of course, you know, the downside of that, the, the sort of analogy I always use is, um, I always go back to cave people times and talk mm-hmm. about um, if, you know, if the caveman looked out and there was snow all around and he couldn't get out there to hunt or anything, he'd, you know, he'd stay inside and pull the rug over his head until, the situation changed so, so it was and, worth going out 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I sort of make that comparison to the modern day symptoms of depression. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if, if you stayed in bed one day and pulled the rug over your head and didn't face the world and you were protected, then you're tempted to do the same thing again the next day, of course, and on it goes. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of, well, let's line it up. We're going to too deep there, too early. What, what, you know, talk about some healthy and actually, rituals. Actually, what I was, I was thinking, mm. I was thinking more like one of your niches, which is weight loss. Mm. Why do people, you know, we all have the same access to information. Yeah, some of do. us rather deeper than others because we've studied physiology, but, but people know calories count. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> people know they need to move. They need to know they're not to eat, don't eat too much. Mm. <laughs> But it's those routines and rituals that those comforting aspects yes, that absolutely. tend to lead to overweight. Yeah, I mean, well, let's think about it. It's, food is a sociable thing. What do we do when we welcome strangers into our house? Offer them exactly. food, offer them a drink. Um, and every... a minimum, a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it usually comes with a biscuit. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm biscuits, yeah. Um, but, but think of any occasion, any celebration, any family milestone. It's always centered around food. We have the wedding breakfast, um, mm -hmm. you know, Christmas dinner. Um, you know, if, if you're Jewish, if Friday evening dinner is a big thing, isn't it? Is it Shabbos dinner? It is, say, yeah, Seder, yeah. 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 Um, you know, and it, it's the same from what I can gather in all faiths. Um, Baha'i faith, 19-day feast. Right. F food, okay. food's, uh, food's a big thing. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be a feast, but yes, it is. It is central to building community. Yeah, it, it's right. But obviously, you can do that, and you can eat, and you don't have to be overweight or uncomfortable about your weight. I don't mm. want to. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> I really could lose quite a few pounds, but I'm comfortable at this weight. Yeah. I would like to be thinner. It isn't affecting my health at the present time, and I'm not going to be unhappy about it but mm. if somebody really is they probably have a lot of other reasons that they've gotten to that weight oh absolutely and i tend to think of people you know oh i've got a big exam coming i used to have a ritual when i have big exams and yeah, i had well, some big exams me. in my proof so it was i ate a pint mm -hmm. of not Ben and Jerry's, I think it might have been Baskin Robbins back in the day, but it was a pint of lemon sherbet, lemon sherbet. Mm, <laughs> sounds nice. The night before. <laughs> well, that cannot have been good for me, but it was oh. part of my ritual. Now, so long as I stuck to just the night before exams, yes, there would be a period when I would have a lot of exams in a row, but most of my life was studying, not being examined. So <laughs> it weren't too many bouts of lemon sherbet. But we have those little things. You know, you mm. come in, you've had a you've had a bad interaction with your boss. You come yeah. in, you get some some people would reach for alcohol. Yeah. Some people would reach for a bag of chips. Yeah. Not intend I'm gonna have this bag of chips because my boss was mean to me. Mm. But just because it's it's something that for some reason it feels we take comfort from it. We take comfort from it, exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, we take comfort from it. Maybe it stems from when we're a kid and we trip up and cut our knee and our, you know, our mummy will give us a bag of sweets to take our mind off it. You know, yeah. distraction from the pain. Um, 
you know, yeah, that's you distract without, from pain without, or you without, reward for good behavior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, without trying to be too sort of Freudian on these things, looking for deep, deep meanings in the past and what have you. But we, we do, we tend to, as a society, we tend to use food as a reward. We use it as a, a comforter, as you say. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, with weight loss, I, I always find there's two types of people that I tend to see, and they are either the yo-yo dieter, someone who's either been continually gaining or losing weight, or just somebody else who, like you were describing a few minutes ago, feels uncomfortable. Maybe the pounds have just crept on them over the years. They've just mm-hmm. become a little less active and they're eating a little bit more than the burning off. And it's crept on, you know, maybe a pound a month or something. And before they know it, in two years, they've put the best part of a couple of stone on. Um, so you've got usually two very, very different sort of um, types of being overweight there and two mm-hmm. different methodologies of dealing with it. Um, I mean, I, I always say to people straight away, if you consume more calories than you burn off, you will gain weight. If you eat more calories than you need, you will gain weight. And then I add to that statement, but you already know that, so why aren't you doing it? Yeah, exactly. And and then they look at me and then I say, well, you know, obviously there's other reasons for it. Let me explain. And I explain to them, it's down to the subconscious. It's that default position that you go to. So what you're using your hypnosis for is to put different routines yeah. into yeah. people's into people's lives. Yeah, that's you it. You can do a lot of it by yourself. You don't need to go to a hypnotist. No. If you can, if you are able to make yourself a list of things and stick to it. The problem, mm. of course, is that when you do it that way, you reach your goal and then you said there's the yo-yo dieter. You reach yeah, your goal and you it. think, okay, no, I don't do that anymore. Well, yeah. no, it needs to be... It needs to take on a ritual aspect mm. to it. So it's something that you will always do. It does. And the ritual aspect of it for me is to explain to me, um, <clears throat> if you're overweight, I get them to think about the future, how they'll be when they are at the weight they wish to be. And that's what it's about. It's the weight they wish to be. Not the weight I think is good for them or a magazine mm-hmm. thinks is good for them. Whatever weight they wish to be, how will life be then? What will the rituals be? How Mm. will things be? What will their diet be like? What will they eat then? What would they do if I waved a wand and all the weight they wanted to lose had disappeared and it was gone in the morning? How would your life be then? What would you do? And I get them to Mm -hmm. describe it to me in detail. And then I just explain to them, well, you can actually start doing that right now. And if you do that, if you start living your new life immediately, the weight will come off because Mm -hmm. you will be consuming fewer calories so part of the what their life looks like is you you would talk to them about actually what they would be eating oh yeah time. yeah and what yeah. they would be doing and who would yeah. notice it mm-hmm. you know what, what once if i could wave a wand and that weight disappeared overnight what would they then do to maintain that weight their ideal weight the weight that they mm-hmm. want to be what would they do and if they actually actually implement all those things immediately they will lose weight Mm-hmm. and they're not going on a diet they're just living the new life well yeah they they are because the word diet doesn't really mean slimming diet mm. it used to be attached to other words and we just it, it's become a pejorative almost instead of mm. actually that which you habitually eat mm. <laughs> but uh but yeah. it's not something they'll be going on that they come off yes exactly it's... it needs to become 
their what they really eat yes mm. um and the other thing the thing i get more clients than weight or the weight everybody almost everybody thinks that in the long laundry list of things i want to be better my weight is one of them um sleep sleep is the big thing yeah. and having a bedtime routine especially the, the aspects of it that are ritual mm. you know, you're gonna turn off the television you know, go upstairs clean your teeth you know all the things that you do they don't they don't rise to the level of, of ritual that we tend to think of you know they're not they're not wonderful ex exhibition sort of stuff it's mm. just this is what you do something weird happened today you know i was rushing to get ready for yeah. here as i was running late i got in the shower and i had my glasses on <laughs> that you know, like, why? why why do i have my glasses on? what was i what what distracted me from just automatically taking them off when i was taking off the rest of the things i needed to take off <laughs> this is so strange and so such an aberration. I don't think I've ever done that particular odd thing. Uh, I've, I've got in the bath with them on once, on one occasion. Mm. I can remember doing that. And I, I remember thinking to myself, what am I doing with my glasses on in the bath? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why can't I see all the steam? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you talk about rituals. I mean, this is part of it with um, people, again, when you're trying to help them to get to where they want to be, which is what, you know, it's all about is um talking to them about rituals and and things you know routines things again repetition makes the brain feel safe especially if they have had you know or gotten into bad habits and bad routines mm -hmm. then setting somebody a nice nighttime routine you know can be a precursor to a good night's sleep um right. i mean you, you and i both usually provide... if you introduce you need to introduce the elements slowly I don't yeah. think if you're like, okay, this is your entire new thing. Your subconscious mm. goes, change, yeah, small steps, change. Small steps mm -hmm. every step of the way. I mean, you and I both provide recordings for people to listen to at bedtime. That's right. always the first step. Um, but also, I mean, I don't know if you do this. I encourage um, journaling last thing at night. Um, I get people to write down three things from that day that have made them smile or made them feel good. And I'm not talking about big things like, you know, we went on a night out somewhere. I'm thinking about the small things that might have happened within that night. Like, say say you'd gone to the theatre, for example, um, and you really didn't expect somebody in the queue to make way for you and let you in, and they did. You would have got a nice feeling mm -hmm. momentarily. Um, mm -hmm. It's these little things I get people to write them down because, one, it's getting them into a positive frame of mind for bedtime. And two, it gives them a nice list of things to look at at the end of the month, right. if you want to look back on it. Um, In, on this side of the pond, that would probably be called a gratitude journal. Okay. And people would use that either in the morning, at, at night, or mm. in the morning. Mm. I tend to use those things in the morning. And I have, because I, we tend to see clients who are similar to ourselves, right? Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a lot of, of clients who who can't stop the racing thoughts that's okay, why you yeah. can't get to sleep yeah so we basically i use the journaling technique at night as mm. a brain dump okay everything's there it's on the paper you don't have to think about it until the morning when you wake up in the morning it will be there and you can sort through what you need you don't need to be sorting through it as you try to drift to sleep mm. listen to your tape <laughs> um but but five or ten minutes of of doing that mm. 
Yeah. Don't don't write an essay. Just oh, no. bullet no. bullet points of yeah. what. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I um sort of explain it as a way of getting these nice thoughts down on paper, you preparing your brain for sleep, you you get in a positive frame of mind and then listen to a nice relaxation recording. I mean, you can listen to nice, just soft, gentle music. It's uh right. You know, but it's whatever works for you sort of thing, you know, for the person in general. Um, do your clients use headsets or do they? Not, not how, many, the... how many people are in the bed, really? <laughs> they listen to the same, same tape. Yeah. <laughs> um, funnily enough, each time I've asked somebody to listen to a recording and they've had a partner, it's one of the first things I ask, is this going to be an issue playing that? Um, mm. And it never has been. I've not come across anybody yet who said, you know, it's upset my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, it's Good. not been an issue so far. You watch what will happen now. <laughs> you put a curse on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what other routines? What about morning routines? Yes, I, I have a very definite morning routine, and it's mm. not none of none of the all these gurus who tell you to get up at five a.m. and mm. meditate for empty two minutes and then go for a walk and then do that i'd be exhausted by the time i do that if that's working for you people listening fine yeah. <laughs> you need to find a routine that works for you for me get up take my medicines have my coffee sit and watch about 10 minutes of the news just to make sure i haven't missed anything that i need to know about mm. i'm also not a big fan of of the we need to stop watching the news. No, well, we need to be part of society. You need to know what's going on. You don't want to binge bad things, but you do need to know what's going on. Yeah, it's that um, fine balance, isn't it, between keeping yourself informed or allowing yourself right. to be overwhelmed with it. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. We still need to keep informed. We still need to watch the news. So that, and then shower and get before my computer. I mean, mm-hmm. there's prayers and things in there, but that's it's it's... Get up, whatever you use for gratitude, in my case is prayer, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and medicine coffee. Mm. And then by the time I've done those things, then my coffee's kicked in. I am unfortunately very addicted to caffeine. Mm. Just in the mornings, I'm a tea drinker the rest of the day. Of course, there's some caffeine in that. There's caffeine in that, yeah. <laughs> um, and then so long as I'm at my computer about nine o'clock, unless I've got a cli- an early morning client. I do mm. sometimes see people as early as seven, but that, that, that throws off my morning. Um, but sometimes people are in different time zones and I need to see mm. them ridiculously, ridiculous to me early, not usually ridiculous to them. Yeah, usually that's the Australians. <laughs> I don't think any client would want to speak to me at seven in the morning. I'm not a morning. <laughs> well, I say I'm not a morning person. I'm up early every morning. I'm up around about five thirty, six o'clock. Um, but it takes me, I would say, a good hour and a half to wake up properly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I sleep deeply. I sleep well. Um, and it takes me about an hour and a half and three or four coffees to come around properly. And then it's in the bath. And then I do a half-hour walk. It's Well, about right. 40 minutes. 20 minutes downhill, 20 minutes back uphill. Yeah. And then, I, then I'm ready to face the world. Yeah. I don't usually go for a walk until around 10 or 11. It's mm. usually I work for about an hour and then, and my walks are very short. I, mm. I do a few blocks, come back, start again. It just mm. to, to, to take a break from looking at the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes my walk are things like going to do the laundry. It's Monday today. We're recording this. So laundry. Will laundry be oh, my that day used well. to be a tradition, didn't it? A laundry day on a Monday. 
Yeah, all, all at the wash house, as we say over here. Right. Yeah, I just have to run to my basement and back up again a couple of times. That's all. <laughs> so, but, see, there, there's a point of interest for our listeners. In America, you tend to have your laundry room separate from your kitchen, don't you? Mm-hmm. Over here, mainly it's in, you know, your, your washer and your dryer are integrated into your pretty kitchen. In recent years, they've started building separate utility rooms off the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But um, on all, in for example, when you see American programs, like I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, Big Bang Friends, mm-hmm. in the apartments, they, they don't have the washing machines in the kitchens in the apartments, do they? They're in the basement of the blocks, usually. Right, right, yeah. Usually that's extra space. There aren't, I don't remember very many houses in Britain that really had a basement in the same way that American houses have. No, no. And not all, not all houses here do. It does depend on what your water yeah. level is and a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the older houses tended to have cellars because that's where you kept your coal going back Wine to Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. Wine, <laughs> yeah. Or, or really, Victorian, that was where you kept your cooks. Yeah. <laughs> People doing the work of the house were down there. Yeah, that's, we, we are digressing from hypnosis. But... Um, yeah, so those are, those are the rituals. That mm. is, it will niggle at me if I don't get that done. Yeah. Well, so, so that's part of it. It's not that, you know, I've got extra sheets. I don't have to do my sheets today. I can still change the bed. <laughs> but but it, it's just part of the, oh, it's Monday. Now, tomorrow, especially after COVID, I lost mm. track of all days and times. And these little oh, rituals I, keep, you, yeah. keep you focused. <laughs> I, I think for a lot of people, everything during COVID, everything merged into one. The days mm-hmm. all merged into each other. Yeah. And not in a good way. No, no, not at all. Yeah. You have the same effect sometimes when you go on holiday. You forget what day it is, except it's I just got here day and I'm about to go away again day. You mm. don't really know what they what's happening is this outside of your normal routine yeah the, the, the thing is that it's in a nice way though isn't it you lose track of your days because you're just so mm-hmm. immersed in the moment enjoying the moment right do you find it difficult when you come back from vacation to re-engage with the world do you, or do you suddenly feel oh i need a vacation from my vacation uh, usually i feel like i need a vacation from my vacation but also i find it difficult to get my speed back up again text mm-hmm. me i you know, so, some people can arrive back off vacation, uh, raring to go and get stuck straight back in and, you know, perform even better than before. Um, whereas with me, you know, it Probably takes me about a week to get back who, into it all. Right. Who may be people who've got really strict routines. Mm. So they're just, you know, I sat at my desk, therefore I'm reading my email, therefore I'm doing this, therefore I'm mm. doing that. Um, obviously, it depends on the work you're doing. I, I a lot of gurus now telling me you must you must not check your email till noon well like i need to check my email i have clients i need to know what they're mm. thinking that's how they talk to me <laughs> um but you know you have to find a routine that works for you yeah yeah i mean I, I check my email frequently throughout the day one thing i do have to discipline myself on though is when you start to check your email and your messages and dms on various social medias that we're all on is mm-hmm. not to get in the habit of scrolling because once you start, then it's right. uh, it can, it can an hour can just fly and and it's not been exactly. productive and you think well that wasn't a good use of an hour. Um, well, you think it afterwards, unfortunately. Not yeah, yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. You, you don't think it in the middle of it at all. 
Um, yeah, so oh, rituals and routines. What what other things though do you think make up what we are as humans? What it takes to be human with rituals and routines. Again, going back to food, cooking for your children. That's yeah, almost ritualistic, I'd say. Yes, um, there. That's probably is. You know, for Thanksgiving is the big thing here. Mm. And and there's oh, there's certain foods, and unfortunately, it's always additive. You know, this is what we have. I'm I'm vegan now, but but mm. traditionally it would be a turkey. Mm. And for some reason, green bean casserole is a big thing here. So people have that, and they have mashed potato and mm. sweet potato and la 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 carbs. But when people come up with a new recipe, they don't take something off the table. They bring something else to it. So yeah. it just gets more and more and more and more and more food. Now, you can take smaller quantities of each of those foods and still stay within your calorie count somewhere vaguely within the calorie count. Because honestly, a plate of Thanksgiving is probably two meals worth, two days worth of calories. Really. Yeah, like same, um, our, our big ones, a Christmas dinner and similar kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, I've noticed that over the years is more and more things like now, you know, um, you've got your parsnips as well as your carrots, as well as your sprouts, mm -hmm. as well as whatever else it is these days. Um, same with, well, yeah, I think we've always done pigs in blankets, but we just didn't used to call them that. Um, used to be called sausage and bacon roll when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, what else on Christmas? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, but I think there, I there think are actually things like... part of the main course now. Yeah, like red cabbage with sultanas and that kind of thing. Oh, you have to give me the recipe for that. I've never heard oh, of that. that one. No red recipe. cabbage, yes. Sultanas, yes, but not yeah. together. No recipe yeah. involved. Buy it in a tray ready done at Marks and Spencer's. Gracious. <laughs> I wonder what culture that comes from. I'm not sure. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I was thinking of things like, um, I don't know if they were peculiar to my household when I was growing, because I grew up in England, as you know. Mm. Um, things like Mother's Day, which really should be called Mothering Sunday, but it isn't. Uh, <laughs> Mother's Day, we would go to the grannies. Mm. Right? Now, of course, everybody lived close in the States. Thanksgiving is so big because people come back to their homes because yeah, people can be thousands of miles yeah. away. Right. Um, so that was part of it. It was a, a ritual. I saw my grands multiple times throughout the month, if not the week. Mm. But but you still went to see them with a plant on Mother's Day. And if you didn't do it, it would feel weird. Oh, yeah, with with a plant for Mother's Day, of course. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, I remember that, going to Grandma's with a plant. Uh, oh, wow. That <laughs> just took me right back. Primroses. Uh, primroses. Prim and there's there's another part of you know, It's those little tiny memories. Yeah. You don't realise are affecting things in your head. And it really well, this is it. I, I was explaining to somebody um, earlier on, talk, talking of rituals and little things in your head. Uh, I heard a record at the weekend that I've not heard for donkey's years. And as soon as I heard it being played, I was walking past somewhere. As soon as I heard it being played, I immediately remembered the last time I had heard and seen that record, which was on top of the pops on television mm -hmm. um, by the Pogues. Uh, immediately took me back to that and then since then for the last couple of days that song keeps popping up in my head every now and again and it's and like, does it does it take you back there every time you hear it as you uh, realize it no it, it takes me back to saturday afternoon when i heard it that's what it takes mm -hmm. me back to 
Um, but but it's like I was trying to explain to somebody about how hypnosis works, and I was thinking, well, there are you know obvious parallel lines there we can draw in the sense that it works in the background. It's you know something's happening in the background long after you actually hear it, and mm -hmm. these little positive suggestions that we impart on people pop up and you know remind you of what you wanted to achieve and where you want to get to. Mm -hmm. mm. And music is so huge with memory and smell. Oh, yeah. It's also. Smell, yeah, smell absolutely. Really, really I, oh, yeah. You, you can walk. I remember walking past somewhere not too long ago. I think it was a bakery. And there was this delicious smell coming out. It immediately took me back to the playground at school, primary school. Same smell. I think it was like a beef stew smell or something like that. Uh, mm. immediately so, took me back to being in the playground at school, which was <clears throat> 50 odd years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Actually, I do use, um, not really aromatherapy, but I, I recommend if, if somebody were seeing me physically in my office, which is rare, but I do mm. occasionally see people, I do use um, sometimes lavender or a smell that they associate with something comfortable so mm. we use that so I encourage people to if they if they know of something that they find helpful mm. to incorporate that in their bedtime routine ah yeah well, what about lavender these? we know that lavender definitely helps La and yeah hops, lavender helps sleep hops, doesn't it hops it, also helps yeah and what's um I don't know if it has any smell or not valerian's another thing isn't it that can help promote mm -hmm. relaxation and sleep is that is sorry forgive my ignorance is it a flower or something Valeria? i believe so but I, i'd have to go look it up uh, because, let me look it up any, right now yeah i wonder if they do any essential oil from that yes they do oh they do um, right yeah i would imagine that would promote sleep then as well valerian root so it is yeah it's like the cure for everything it's one of those <laughs> which is not to be disrespectful for valerian it's been around a while i'm trying to see if, if the smell is from that or if it's from the root itself no it is sweetly scented pink or white flowers all right so it is from the yeah might give that a try yeah. it's um, european and asian but it does grow in the states so i've seen it a lot but mostly things like young living the, the big essential oil companies that promote mm. that one but lavender is really the the old school Living, you know, yeah, well, sachets it, you put under your pillow and yeah, making you to, those at school. Yeah, you're just going to say, <laughs> we, I think we made so much school, those were felt bad with bits of crunchy right. lavender inside it. Yeah, yeah, quite a strong yeah. smell to it. Do you know actually what my favorite um, essential oil smell is? Um, but it's not particularly relaxing, is lemongrass. I love it, I absolutely adore the smell of it. Do but you it, find it energizing? Yes, very. Mm -hmm. um i find it quite sharp as well you know it, it yeah. it's one of those things it, it yeah it, it sort of infuses it invigorates uh right. it's, it's not a relaxing fragrance i wonder if it's because it's triggering something from your memory though uh i've no idea i've no idea you don't, you don't when you smell it you don't think of anything nothing no floats you. no i just it just makes me feel good it makes me good. feel motivated uh, I've never thought about what the reason behind that could be. Mm -hmm. No, never given it any thought. But I, I, if it was up to me, I would have my entire practice smelling a lemongrass all the time. But um, I, I know but other people don't find it relaxing. Relax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but people don't find it relaxing, so I, yeah. I, I and tend of not to use it. 
you do need to be careful when you have the public coming into your office not mm. to have something that's going to be um upsetting to them in, in some it. way I necessarily no yeah. um, there are a lot of people who've developed allergies particularly when people use artificial odors mm. they're, they're mm. allergic to the the bases rather than the actual uh ingredient mm. do you have do you have any air fresheners and things like that or no you, and I, you use you use cueing music though don't you yeah yeah no i use um a vaporizer with essential oils in so you just mm -hmm. put water in it and three or four drops of essential oil. I tend to use frankincense um, and really? mandarin. Yeah, frankincense and mandarin um, because they, they seem to be... I've, I've yet to find anybody who doesn't like them or who finds them offensive. Hmm. Um, I just think it's nice to have some, some kind of aroma in the air. Um, yeah. Might be good, though, to ask your, your clients for, before they show up the first time if they have any allergies. Mm. <laughs> you might find some perfume. Please don't. <laughs> spray things <laughs> oh, what no, about music spray anything music well I, I use the same I mean we talked about the earworm mm. but but do you use backing music for I, your yeah audios I do yeah I use um a background music on all the audios that I produce for people to listen to at bedtime and that same music is playing in the background when they walk into my office um, do you use the same music for all of your clients or do you, do you yeah. choose music for, okay. I use, use exactly the same. the same music all the time. Obviously the recordings are all different, um, but the music's the same. And ju just a simple reason, because the first time I speak to a client, either on the phone or on Zoom, I then give them a recording to listen to each night for at least a week before I see them for the first time then face to face. Oh, really? Mm, yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay um yeah i need them to listen to that for, for a week gets them used to my voice gets them hopefully you know sleeping better to begin with before they've even seen me and then the first time they come to see me in my office that music is playing very very low in the background and of course that will trigger the subconscious right. because the subconscious will recognize that as a nice safe secure sound that they hear when they're in bed right. um, and, so, and tells them they can let yeah. the blood pressure drop yeah. down a bit, even though. That's it, Do you yeah. find people are very nervous the first time they come? Um, no, actually, not usually, because, you know, we've already had a chat on Zoom or on the phone, and they've mm -hmm. already opened up to me. Um, no, no, no. Maybe sometimes I have clients a little bit wound up because I've had trouble finding a parking space, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in so terms of... That what I love about working on Zoom, people don't have to deal with traffic when they yeah. come to see me. <laughs> no traffic, no no travel problems no parking problems yeah there's yeah. there's a lot going for it um with zoom i find it really works really well if people are wearing headphones mm -hmm. um when it comes to the transmit because it really cuts out any other noise right. from from their end obviously it's something we have no control over what noises they have at their end if there's other people in the house watching television in another room or something it blocks that out which is good anyway <sighs> so what other rituals rituals uh, making mm. a cup of tea for everybody and taking it around is that a ritual buying yeah. everybody a birthday cake on your birthday do we not have coffee ladies in england anymore tea ladies that go around to the offices do that's we bit, do we have those kind of offices Denise. anymore that's a bit sexist to <laughs> well, tea ladies uh, that's what they, they that's what they were called yeah tea ladies. <laughs> I've, I've no idea i've never worked in a big office with lots and lots of stuff how about let's let's talk a little bit about the non-helpful well maybe not not helpful 
was thinking of OCD just popped into my head. Mm. So people with OCD, it's a means of control, although mm. why counting lampposts would be useful. It, but it, those are things that people do. And those kinds of rituals mm. are things that they usually, by the time they get to one of us, want to get rid of because yeah. they're impacting their life in a negative way. Yeah, or somebody who wants to walk around the house checking every light switch 28 times before Not they can go to, to bed. Has, has to. to, yeah. 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 Um, feels... And if they don't, if they skip a bit, they've got to start all over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in, in my training, we were taught that anything like that is exacerbated by, if not caused by, stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's when, when it comes to OCD um you know each therapy has its own merits obviously and it's not my place to comment on others um certainly not in a critical way but i think the way sort of we do things as hypnotists is a lot kinder than some other methods right but we do need to make sure that we're addressing what the real problem yeah, is absolutely, you certainly yeah. i i you can help somebody obliterate a habit, but if the habit is there for something really deeper that needs to be yeah. more work needs with. to be yeah. done, yeah. yeah, you do need to. It's like I told you, I have a client who has seen me for two or three different issues, and mm. now she saw me for something. She's yeah, I think there's something else going on here. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So she's she is now going entirely with my blessing to a hypnotherapist. Uh, sorry, a, a psychotherapist. Mm. She had um, obviously. You know, before I see any client, I, I have a conversation with their daughter, com uh, communication with their physician. Mm. So, and I knew she had seen a, a therapist before for other issues. So there, there's no conflict in that, and, but, um, and, and I'm pretty sure she'll come back to, to get little odds and ends tweaked with hypnosis for those things that work. But mm. I'm really glad that she's chosen to go and talk to a therapist. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this is the thing, though, with um, when, when you say about people coming to see you for multiple things, it's also um, with us, it's like it's only an issue for the client if it's an issue for the client. It, it's for the exactly. client to identify what they want sorting out, what they want help with. Um, mm -hmm. and, and this is it. I, I, do you think some of it, though, is as a client gets more familiar with you, and becomes to trust you more that it's not that they're finding other things to tell you about it's that they feel they're more willing to share it. them with you yeah right. they, they want to open up um right. yeah. mm -hmm. i think that's a lovely note for us to finish on this week for our okay. listeners yeah thank you <laughs> and we'll and we will be talking to them again next week oh we will we'll probably be us and somebody else possibly because we do have a few a few people who are going to be coming mm -hmm. in talking about their particular we, we, we do have a few lined up so you'll have to join us next week to find out if it's just denise and i or if we've got somebody else with us thanks for joining us thank you bye-bye bye we hope you've enjoyed listening Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.